Welcome to a fantastic word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, an associate pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, listen, I'm excited about getting into the word tonight. And so um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And um, the title of the message for tonight is Taking Control of Your Mind. Taking Control of Your Mind. Now, this is important, you know, because there, there are a lot of things that you cannot control, right? A lot of things that we can't control. You know, there are things that, uh, you know, like we can't control what other people do, what other people say. We know what we're going to do, but we can't control how other people are going to treat us or treat, or treat our loved ones. You know, we can't control our circumstances. As much as we want to try, we cannot control what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's out of our hands. You know, similarly, we can't control the weather, especially in Southeast Texas. Ain't, 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 you know, it doesn't matter what, uh, what the weatherman says, you know, it just, you know, it's just, it's going to see, we'll just see what happens tomorrow, you know. We'll just see what happens tomorrow. But, you know, there are things we cannot control, but there are things that we can and that we should control. You know, we should control our actions. We can. We have the ability to control how we respond and how we act. We have the ability to control our attitude. That's one of the things that we're teaching our oldest daughter, Naomi, now because, you know, she's turning 10 soon. And next thing you know, she's going to be a preteen. So, you know, uh, I've been in youth ministry for about 10 years. And so, you know, I know I've, I've seen the stepladder, so I'm getting ready for it. But, you know, we can, you know, we control our attitudes. But similarly, it's important for us to control our minds. In fact, more specifically, controlling our thoughts. You know, our mind is what I would call the control center of our life. It controls how we act, how we respond, how we see life, how we see ourselves, how we see others, how we see God. It controls how we talk. It controls everything. Our mind, our thoughts control everything. And if that's the case, how important is it for us to be in control of the thing that controls everything in our life, right? It's important for us to be in control of our mind. And God wants us, it's he, he wants us to be in control of our mind and our thoughts. The Bible talks a lot about being in control of our thoughts. And we'll look at some of those pas- uh, uh, passages here in a moment. But it's important that we are in, that, 
that we are mindful and that we, that we are not that we are not controlled by our mind and that we're not controlled by our thoughts, but that's the other way around. And uh, the mind is where the battle happens a lot of times for the areas in our life where we feel like we don't have control. The areas of our life that we are trying to change so hard, many times it's because there is... A, a, a rut, a pattern that is hard to break that's in our mind. And uh, the Word of God talks about it. And the devil tries to find his way in our mind to plant it so that he could plant a seed and a thought knowing that he can take captivity there. But thanks be to God that he gives us the ability for us to be set free for us to choose what we set our mind on, what we choose to set our thoughts on. And that's what we mean by taking control of our mind. So as I said, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, this is something that I have lived myself. And I, and I will get to this. I'll get to that in just a moment. But I've had to walk out uh, 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 taking control of my mind and, and not allowing my thoughts to control me. I'll share that in a minute. But uh, again, we're going to be in uh, chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. And in, in this letter, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he is laying out some things and addressing some issues, quite a few issues actually, um, that uh, that were, uh, that were brought up to him. And there are things that are, you know, there's all different types of things that he's addressing, but he's wanting them ultimately to, to, to adjust their life and to submit to God. But in chapter 10, he starts to address certain people in the, in the church in Corinth who were challenging his authority and they were questioning his ministry and questioning his authority as an apostle of Christ. There were some who accused Paul of being bold whenever he's writing a letter, but then kind of weak whenever he shows up in person. And Paul, you know, he was calling them on their bluff. You know, they just imagined that he was all bluff, but he was calling them out on their bluff. And he, he, he you know, he knew that they were only trying to, to usurp his authority to hold them accountable to the word of God. It was his responsibility as an apostle to hold, to hold them accountable as believers, to make sure that they're walking in a way that was pleasing to God. And so, um, and, and so in this letter, in chapter 10, he begins talking about these, these things, and he's, he's talking about, you know, how he, uh, you know, how he doesn't want to, to, to be bold in person. He chooses to be bold in his letter so he doesn't have to be bold in person. But eventually, he, his response, he, he mentions, he makes mention of his approach in ministry. And we find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. So we're going to read that together. Verses 3 through 5. I'm reading from the ESV version. Let's go ahead and read. For though we walk in the flesh, 
we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every, captive, every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, Paul makes mention of a spiritual reality here on earth, and that is that although we live in a physical realm, that we live in fleshly bodies, there is more to life than just the physical Meaning that there are things that happen in the spiritual that actually are just manifesting or that impact our physical. There are, things in, there, there are things that we experience in life that really have a spiritual element to it. And so he is mentioning to them that because of this in his ministry, the way that he approaches is that he's not simply, you know, every physical or fleshly problem that comes up that he addresses when he's ministering to people, he's not addressing it head on with a physical weapon. And what he's talking about is arguments. When he's talking and he's sharing the gospel and people are sharing their thoughts, they're sharing their arguments, they're sharing their position on things, he's not simply trying to reason with them. He's not simply trying to argue with them, but instead... He says that he is using, that instead that he uses spiritual weapons. He's recognizing that even though it's a, it's a problem that, that, that he sees on the outside, really it's something spiritual happening. And so he says that he uses spiritual weapons in order to defeat spiritual enemies. You know, it's important for us to know and for us to remember that not everything that we deal with in our life is physical. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, that we blame everything on the devil. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But there are some things that, when, that, that, if, that, that if we can take a step back and really realize that we've been trying to fix this for a long time. And then, and then we've come to realize that this is some, there's something more happening. There's something else that is going on, and it's many times it needs a spiritual response to it. And, um, you know, it, it makes me think about, um, you know, I remember it was, it, was, uh, it was a little bit after COVID, and my wife Melinda, she had got sick, and then she had got even more sick, and it had lasted for like over a year, and we were praying for her, you know, we had tried everything. And we had realized that there was something going on. And after seeking counsel, after doing all these things, we just got pastors and elders together and, and they laid hands on her and they began to pray for her. And all of a sudden we watched her begin to walk out of that sickness. What, you know, it, it, it was a very complicated thing, but it was after that that we were able to find out what the issue really was. And, um, you know, no doubt that, you know, there was a spirit of infirmity that was there. But my point is, is that it took a spiritual weapon. It wasn't just a physical response. It took a spiritual weapon. There are some things that require a spiritual solution. And this is what Paul was talking about, that he wasn't trying to battle against other 
people whenever he's sharing the gospel by arguing or reasoning with them. But instead, he was going to use spiritual weapons. He was, he was, he was praying for them. He was interceding for them. He was leaning on the word of God. No doubt that he was leaning on the Holy Spirit to do a work in their life. Those are the spiritual weapons. He wasn't just leaning on arguing. He was leaning on the word of God and other spiritual weapons to make sure that those people, that, 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 that whatever was blinding them would be lifted. So with that, we get to verse 4, and this is what he says. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Paul was not waging war against spiritual obstacles with physical weapons, but instead he was using spiritual weapons that had divine power. Now listen, at my house right now, I got a shotgun, I got a pistol, pew pew, okay, and I got a blunt force weapon ready if anybody unauthorized decides to step into my house thinking that they bowed it, bowed it, okay? I'm ready. And listen, all those weapons, man, they got some serious power behind them. And they might have divine power depending on where they end up, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know I'm just saying. But you step in my house, okay, and... You know, I'm not saying you guys, okay? But, you know, but, you know, Southeast Texas, you guys have taught me well, okay? But, you know, I have, you know, I'm ready with physical weapons for a physical enemy. But those weapons aren't going to help me in a spiritual battle. They're not going to help me in something that is happening deeper down. And that is is what Paul was getting at. He was talking about using the right weapons. And he talks about how these spiritual weapons were destroying strongholds. Now, that word destroy means to take down, tear down, or to dethrone. And Paul was aiming to tear down and dethrone strongholds. Okay, so what's a stronghold? Okay, uh, in a general sense, um, if you were to look in a history book, uh, a stronghold was like a fortress that an enemy or that, that, that an enemy would take in order to protect, to get behind, so that they would be protected from any other outside. If you were trying, it would keep you from being able to infiltrate the enemy. So that's the idea of a fortress. But here, Paul describes what he means when he talks about a fortress, destroying fortresses. What is he talking about? Verse 5, he says, talking about these fortresses, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Paul defines the strongholds that he is waging war against and trying to destroy as arguments and lofty opinions. 
lofty opinions that, are, that raise themselves against the knowledge of God. Those were the strongholds that he was tearing down. The people that he's ministering to, he, he is tearing down those strongholds, those, those, those thoughts, uh, you know, the considerations, the reasonings, the, the, uh, 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 the speculations, things, you know, speculating of what they believe to be true without, without uh, uh, consulting the truth. And lofty opinions that were elevated in people's minds that were above the word of God. So this is what Paul was referring to when he talks about destroying strongholds. He's tearing down these, every argument and tearing down every lofty opinion. Lofty opinions can be proud thoughts. Oh, man, I'm good. I don't need God. I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm good all on my own. Unbelieving thoughts. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that God can help me here, or I don't believe in God entirely. Worldly thoughts. What I... Money and what I'm chasing after will satisfy me. Or self-righteous thoughts that I'm good enough, God will accept me for who I am. And if he doesn't, well, he's wrong. Whatever those opinions were, whatever those lofty opinions, he would take them and he would destroy them one by one with spiritual weapons. Not through argument, but through prayer, through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit, I'm sure... This is how he was battling them. Paul's ministry was aimed at destroying the strongholds in the minds of others, and he was destroying the arguments and opinions of others that were raised against the knowledge of God in order to help them come to Christ. Now, these are battle terms that, that, that we're hearing. Because then he says that he takes captive every thought. You know, I think about a stray thought, but every thought coming out of that fortress, every thought that comes out, he takes it captive to make it obedient to Christ, to make it submit to the lordship of Christ. Now, the reason why I'm explaining all of this, because it just gives us a little bit of better context so that we can apply the word of God correctly. So again, the weapons of warfare are spiritual, and he's tearing down strongholds, which were the arguments and the lofty opinions that exalted against God. He's tearing those down. So that's what he meant by taking every thought captive. Now, we as Christians, as believers, we too can take every thought captive. While that's, this is not the exact context of the of this verse it it applies to the believer in the sense that there is a responsibility that we hold that we that we submit ourselves to this ministry of the word of god to allow ourselves to to be to for God to, to reach in and to destroy any strongholds that we may have. Those strongholds may not be unbelieving thoughts. They may not be one that is, I don't, you know, you know, one that doesn't believe in God. 
but it can be something that still exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It could be something that we believe, something that we stand on, something that we, that we build our life around, but it doesn't necessarily line up with the Word of God. And we can take every thought captive, and we can take control of our mind by doing two things. One, we'll break, one submitting our thoughts and our desires to the Word of God, and two, taking control of our thoughts. And so, first, submitting our mind to the Word of God, submitting our thoughts to the Word of God. While we are born-again Christians who are on our way to heaven, thank God, praise Jesus, we too have to realize that we are influenced by the things around us. No matter what we say, no matter what we do, depending, you know, what we watch, uh, uh, you know, who we're around, the things that we hear and listen to, the place we work, you know, uh, those things do tend to rub off. They do tend to impact. I, you know, I remember being a youth pastor and seeing, you know, young people come to Christ and they were the only ones in their family that got saved. It was just them. And they would have to go home and they would go to a home where they were hearing all types of terrible things and, and, and listening to all these, you know, the environment that they were going home to was so difficult for them to live for Jesus. The environment, they were being impacted by, by what was around them. And every time they came to church, like, Pastor Marcus, man, I, I'm trying. And you know what? I just encouraged them to stand in the Word of God. Stand in the Word of God. Pray for your family and see what God will do. But we are influenced by the things around us. And because we are, because we are influenced, it's, it's that much more important for us to submit ourselves to the Word of God so that we can make sure that, they're not, that, there, are, that there aren't things that we are building up in our minds, things that are, that are taking root in our lives that we are taking and applying because our mind has the ability to recall. We recall information at will, but it's only going to recall what we have put inside of it. And in our time of need, if, if it's recalling something that we saw from the Kardashians, well, hopefully not the Kardashians, hopefully not, hopefully not, um, you know, but from whatever we saw on TV or, you know, from whatever we read, you know, Lord help us, you know. But whenever we are filling ourselves with the Word of God in the time that we need it, it's going to recall the Word of God. It's going to recall what the Word of God says in our particular moment. We have to be submitted. And here's the thing also about our, our, our mind is that it's meant to be programmed. Our mind is like a computer. It's meant to be programmed. And what we program it with is what it will be programmed with, I guess. You know, that wasn't the best. <laughs> yeah, y'all got me. Um, and so, you know, it just depends what, what, what are we programming our minds with. Something for us to consider. We must submit ourselves to the Word of God. We must submit our thoughts our desires, our opinions, our perspectives, our minds to the Word of God, actively submitting it because 
We can go our entire Christian life and only go into the Word of God every now and then. But it's going to show. It's going to show in our attitudes and in our, in our actions and how we, and how we respond. And, and it's going to show in every area of our life. Because we won't be in control of our mind. Our mind will be in control of us. We are being programmed to our mind rather than programming our mind to the Word of God. And we want to make sure that we are putting in the right things in our mind and in our heart. We have to get rid of the junk and replace it with the truth. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The renewal, that renewal is like a washing, a cleansing. You know, there's a responsibility that we take that we realize first that every day we're going to get dirty. Man, I used to love playing outside, man. But, man, I came back. I was so dirty when I came. Man, I had dirt in my hair. I had, st- I had dirt in my ears. Man, I just played hard, you know. And it just makes me think, you know, every day when we come back to the Word of God, we're, we're dirty. We're, we're covered with the mess of what, we, of what we come across every single day. And it's an opportunity for us to rinse ourselves. You know, I love what Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 24 says. It says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. This is a picture of, 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 of you having dirty clothes on. And we, we, when you take off clothes, you're taking them off because they're dirty and you're going to put on new clothes. But before we do that, we have to take a shower. Still trying to teach my daughters. Thank you, Jesus. And we have to we have to take a shower and cleanse ourselves. That's, that's what we do. It's, it, it, it is normal. And in the same way, we wash our mind. Before we put on, in order to, put, to, to know the new man and the right things to put on and to, and, and to what we're putting in our minds, we have to go to the Word of God and allow it to rinse our thinking, to rinse and to wash our minds. And it's an everyday thing. And so... We submit our thoughts and desires to the Word of God. And secondly, we take control of our thoughts. You know, there, there, there is a responsibility for us to submit ourselves to God's Word and submit ourselves to Him and say, God, you know, anything in me that is not of you, help me get rid of it. Help me to uproot it. But then there's another responsibility of taking thoughts captive, of taking control of my thinking, taking control of my thoughts, that now I know what I should think. Whenever that thought comes across my mind, am I going to let it run its course or am I going to stop it and take control of it right there? Because, uh, you know, Romans chapter 8, Paul makes clear that our mind determines 
our, where we end up. He says that the mind that is set on the flesh is death, but the mind that's set on the spirit is life and peace. That whatever I choose to think about, if I think about the things, if I think about flesh, if I, if I think about things of the world, those, those thoughts that fire through my mind, if I allow myself to, to think on those things, it has a natural trail and it's going to lead me away from God. But the opposite is true, that whenever I can, when I take control of my thoughts and I, and I, and I get rid of it and I take captive those, those thoughts that are not of God and I choose to think on the word of God, I choose to think on the things that are going to edify me, it's going to lead to life and to peace. But it is, it is, it is a taking control. And you know, God holds us accountable for our thoughts. The, you know, the Bible talks about how he holds us accountable for our thoughts. He knows our thoughts, and we will be held accountable for them, which gives us a reason for us to be mindful of them. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. In fact, there's a gap between his thoughts and ours. But God wants to help change our thoughts to match his. How we see ourselves, how we see others, and especially how we see him. He wants to change that, but in order to do it, we have to take control. We have to take control of of, of what we're thinking about, take control of our mind, take control of what we are choosing to think about and what we are choosing to process. The, the, The battle usually is won and lost in the mind. That's where the devil looks to gain control is in our mind. God wants us to take every thought captive that goes against the reign of Christ in our lives and to make it obedient to him. To take that thought and to, and to say, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be, be programmed by whatever thought that comes in my mind. But instead, I'm going to fight and make sure that when this thought comes, no, you are not going to dictate what I am going to do. I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm not going to fall back into my old way of thinking, but instead I'm going to control it. I'm going to take captive those thoughts, and I'm going to make them obedient to Jesus. Amen? Now listen, like I said, I have some experience with this. You know, as a young man, uh, you know, without going into my story, you know, uh, you know there were a lot of things, you know, there was a poor opinion. I, I, I had a very poor opinion of myself. I saw myself in a very, very, very poor light. And it was because of the things that were said to me all the time, the things that I was told about myself. And, you know, you know, you know as a young child, you eventually believed those things. And as I grew up, I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus. And so many things in my life changed. But those things in my life, they didn't change. And as I got older, I still had that same view of myself. And whenever people talked to me, whenever they, you know, you know, whatever they said, it was always skewed and perverted in that lens. And I only saw myself that way. And it wasn't until one day I realized, this isn't true. And these are lies. But even then, 
When I started that walk of, of believing and saying, you know what, I'm going to replace the lie with truth, I was still struggling to believe the lie, but I just kept following that, that, I just kept following that pattern. I remember making index cards, writing scriptures and putting them on my, uh, in my dorm room, and I remember writing it on, uh, you know, uh, I'm on my mirror, so every morning when I saw it, I would repeat the word of God until the point where I believed it, and I knew that I was created in his image, and I knew that because he was enough for me, I am enough for God. I was enough for him, and that's all I needed, and from there, it changed the way I thought, and it became a way of life, and if you can say what you want, you can say what you may, but guess what? I know the truth. I know the truth, and I stand on the truth. I had to change the way that I was thinking. I had to get control of my thoughts and get stuck and get out of that rut that I was stuck in. And it took work. And I still, today, when those thoughts come, I take that thought captive. Nah, not today. Not today. I don't think so. I know the truth, and I'm going to stand on it. Amen. Whatever it is that you may be struggling with, if there, is, if, there, if there is a thought, a way that you see yourself, let me encourage you. Get in the Word of God. Find what it says about you and begin to declare it over your life. Begin to put it in places where you can repeat it over and over and where to, where to the point where every single day you get up and you know it in the back of your mind and you know the truth because the truth will set you free. Amen? Amen. Well, Couple takeaways, I only got two and, I, and I've already said them. Number one, submit your mind to the Word of God. Let us submit our minds to the Word of God. It is our decision, it is our choice. God wants us to do it, He knows that it's best for us, but we have to take the responsibility upon ourselves to come before God and willingly, and willingly submit our life to Him, to submit our mind to Him. And our mind is being programmed. Let us choose what we are programming our mind with. Let us intentionally allow the Word of God to do the programming. Be mindful of what you are putting in your mind. Let's be mindful of what we are putting before our eyes and what we are listening to. And, and allow, and because we will recall it in our time of need. And then number two, let's take control of our thoughts. You know, there comes a point in our life whenever we have to take control of things in our life where you say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm taking control. And I'm going to make different decisions. And it's the same with our thinking. There's a point where we have to decide to say, that we are going to take control of our thoughts, that we are going to choose to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, that he is going to be Lord, not my thoughts, not my old way of life, not my every desire. And let us be mindful and alert and sober-minded in order to be aware of when those rogue thoughts come out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Those rogue thoughts. You know, sometimes it's about the person sitting next to you. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> Let us take control of the control tower that is our mind. 
Control your mind and so it doesn't control you. Amen? Amen. Thanks again for joining us for this incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God